Good morning, church. I couldn't hear you. Good morning, church. Good morning. Obviously, I couldn't hear you, but preaching from the pulpit this morning is a reminder to me of the journey of trust we are on in gathering in person to worship, of which July 4 is our target date, yet we will do so with varying degrees of trust on that day as well. No matter how much we trust in God for living, no amount of trust prevents violence from occurring in this world or in our local context or for us personally. So then, how, why do we even trust in God? Mass shootings are weekly. Over 200 in 2021 in the United States. We have a world pandemic that isn't nearly a post-pandemic as some suggest. There is increasing famine or other extreme deprivations in Yemen, Colombia, Lebanon, Syria, Myanmar, Israel, and the Gaza Strip, much of Central America and other places, including our own United States where we are encountering racism and conspiracies to explain those things that are hard to trust. Many of these situations, I believe, are rooted in fear, violence, the need for power and control. And our American Congress and we as citizens are in a deep chasm of differences. Yet in all these, our trust is in God's ways. Please join me in prayer. Lord, how long must your people be at war? With military weapons, with words, or even with our silence? Lord, when were your ways, your kingdom come more fully? And Lord, how are we to trust your ways in the midst of the many others who vie for our trust? Your kingdom come. Your will be done. Amen. Heidi Stevens, Chicago Tribune columnist, wrote a commentary in Monday's LNP, Lancaster newspaper, entitled, Naomi Osaka, and the quest for a better way. Interspersed with her commentary on Naomi's sudden withdrawal from the Women's French Open Tennis Championship, she did so for her own mental health, and the subsequent barrage of public rebuke towards Naomi, Heidi Stevens says these words, or maybe there is a better way. James 2, I'm sorry, James 4 describes barriers of this better way, and I quote, You desire, but do not have, so you kill. You covet, but you cannot get what you want, so you quarrel and fight. And you do not have because you do not ask God. We know that wars are fought over land, oil, 
and other natural resources. They are fought over threats and perceived threats to one's existence. And shortly, I believe, if not already, wars will be fought over water. And these are all seeds of war. And yet for all the attention we could give to war and violence this morning, I feel led to dwell on the issue of trust. While on a backpacking trip with a church I served some years ago, we were in Virginia, about 10 of us. I was noticing the conversation was both invigorating and sobering from roles of women in leadership in church to a need to be armed and ready for a revolution to the need to have guns for one's protection. Now, no means is this representative of the ethos of this congregation. Rather, it was this particular group with which I was hiking. So I entered the conversation as one who grew up with guns for small game and deer hunting. And when I proposed it was unnecessary for the average citizen to have AK-47s and other such weapons, there was swift defense of the right to have them. And there was the wearisome point made, well, what if someone broke into your house and tried to rape your wife? So I pushed back. Why automatic military style? Why these weapons that are developed to kill people that fire multiple rounds in seconds? And one answer came, which left me puzzled and amazed and disappointed. Well, I like to shoot tree saplings out in the woods for target practice. So no, I wasn't going to change anybody's mind here, right? So I'm not personally against owning a gun. Rather, I fear, I told them, I fear we are caving into the gun culture that says guns are needed, that we trust our guns to protect us. Or as Heidi wrote, Maybe there is a better way. On January 17, 1961, President Dwight D. Eisenhower delivered his farewell address after two terms of president and decades of military service. The re this Republican president chose to finish out his time in public service warning against the military industrial complex. Eisenhower felt there was a difference from being prepared and being in the business of war. He warned against undue pressure or influence from a large arms industry with vested interest in robust and costly military footprints. Like most people, he preferred peace to conflict. And one last quote, disarmament with mutual honor and confidence is a continuing imperative. Together, we must learn how to compose difference, not with arms, but with intellect and decent purpose. This was coming from a five-star general and president, someone who knew the military. But yet, even in his context, he spoke of a better way. 
1757, the Amish Hochstetler family were attacked by Native Americans in Berks County. Teenage boys were convinced they could repel the Indian attackers and hold them off with their rifles, but Jacob, their father, did not permit them to do so. He put his trust in non-resistance responses to this violence. Subsequently, their cabin was set on fire, and in attempting to escape, all were killed except the father, Jacob, and two teenage sons. He, too, trusted in a better way. Yet his trust in Jesus' nonviolent ways did not protect his family from violence. In our Mennonite Church USA magazine, Rejoice, our own Jim Lapp writes about trust as a way of life on Monday, June 7th. He writes that establishing good habits are crucial to developing trust in God's ways. Example, too much TV news can cause despair while prayer and scripture can center our trust in God. And today, scriptures describe a better way with seeds planted in God to shape our habits and our worldview. This phrase from Heidi Stevens, or maybe there's a better way, is a constant theme in the Bible to trust God versus other sources. In our call to worship, Psalms 20 spoke of the human tendency to trust in military might. Our Ezekiel text picks up the theme, and in the NRSV version, this section is called the authentic gardener, which implies there is an inauthentic gardener, which is certainly described in chapter 16 and 18. Here, Ezekiel speaks of the futility of King Zedekiah's trust in Egypt's military might to rescue them from Assyria's advances. He depicts God planting a cedar tree to flourish with protective bows to shade and cover to sustain life. And he writes, All the trees of the field shall know that I am the Lord. I bring low the high trees. I make high the low tree. I dry up the green tree and make the dry tree flourish. I, the Lord, have spoken. I will accomplish it. The better way. Mark 4, the parable of the seeds, following up on Ezekiel, Jesus shares God's way of operating in these two short parables. Farmer scatters seeds on the ground, yet has little control over time and elements, including rainfall and sunshine, but is ever ready, always ready to harvest the crops. And secondly, we note that even the smallest seed that is planted can make a huge contribution and cannot be underestimated in planting seeds of trust. My recent experience planting grass seed illustrates some of this in the parable. So I have planted grass seed in patches over the years and sometimes been successful and some others not so. In April, I planted some seed because the snow plow had taken care of our corner yard, corner of our yard, and some of the seeds came up and some didn't when we were gone in Heston to Heston in April. So ever since I've been nurturing this 
these strips and these little seeds are just now beginning to come up when they should have come up two weeks later or seven days later after they were planted. So I was waiting. Waiting. And waiting for these seeds to show some growth. And isn't it sometimes that way in our lives? We plant seeds of trust in our children, our neighbors, even within ourselves. We wait. And we wait for the harvest of trust in God's ways to be visible. Sometimes these results happen in our lifetime and sometimes they don't. And it's not, it's not about never suffering or never losing our life as we trust God. It's about trusting in a God who values every human life. It's because we value all human life that we can choose to practice nonviolent ways to respond to violence. And we can choose conscientious objection to war, to participation in war. And often these nonviolent responses require creativity and ingenuity Whereas trusting in weapons simply needs a trigger finger. In the early 90s, 1990s, South Africa transitioned from official apartheid rule to majority rule by vote. And we all know Nelson Mandela became president. In the months leading up to the official transfer of power, there was great fear of reprisals from blacks towards whites who for years, decades, deprived blacks of basic human dignity and needs and opportunity. Bishop Tutu, I believe of the Episcopal Church, in those months urged and led a nationwide prayer effort. And South Africa and the world held its collective breath. And there was no guarantee this prayer effort would produce seeds of nonviolence. But the day the transfer of the presidency came and went without any widespread violence as feared, there is a better way. Today, we will hear from the Center on Conscience and War, who works to extend a better way that defends the rights of conscience objectors to war. And because they are convinced of a better way, I urge all of us, especially our military age persons in our congregation, to be prepared to adopt conscientious objection to military service. I propose this morning that trusting God's ways of nonviolence is the better way, without guarantees in the short run, of course. But in Jesus' words, in another text, but I say to you, love your enemies. Do good to those who hate you. Bless those who curse you and pray for them. My friends, with God's help and each other's encouragement, may all of us keep the soil of our lives well tilled and watered in God's ways so that the seeds of trust in God will germinate and sprout and give life on this earth and beyond. For as Jesus said, even the smallest seed 
is one that can make a huge contribution to sustained life. May God bless you all.